0: He's saying, ready or not, here I come. And he's trying to prepare. He's trying to open the eyes. There are some people who say, Pastor, isn't it really good? It is good that these kind of movies are coming out, especially the ones that point directly to Jesus. But the sad reality is most of them will leave. We're having a form of godliness, but they deny the power that is in Jesus Christ. Because the Bible says there is no other name given among men whereby we must be saved. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through Jesus. People say, well, you Christians are all narrow-minded. We can afford to be. We're right. Folks, it's not a Christian statement. It is Jesus' words. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. It wasn't the church that made the statement. All we're doing is resonating the words that he spoke.
1: Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Tim Masters.
0: If you have your Bibles, open them to the book of Zephaniah. Zephaniah is one of the smallest books in the Bible, it has three chapters and inclusively is 53 verses. I'm not going to read the entire chapter. I'm going to read bits and pieces. I have a lot of scripture this morning. If you were here last week, or if you heard about it, you know that we're teaching on the end times. We're teaching on the end of days. Next week, I'll just give you a little tidbit. You do not want to miss because I'll be teaching on the war that is going to happen before the tribulation period. And the war that's going to happen after the tribulation period. Take you into Psalm 83 and Isaiah, or excuse me, Ezekiel 38 and 39. Where we'll talk about Armageddon, which happens after the tribulation. But we'll talk about a war that's going to actually bring a time of peace. For a moment, just before the rapture. So you want to be here next week. Tonight or today's message quickly is titled Signs in the Heavens and God's Time Clock. God's time clock is Israel. God's time clock is not just the stuff that's happened. God's time clock is Israel. Always has been. Always will be. While I was preparing this, this portion of this scripture, of this sermon, of this message, of this series, God began to speak to me And I will share with you the words that the Lord came to me. He said, there will be a semblance of peace around the globe shortly. I'm giving you what the Lord spoke to me. This peace will usher in the peace treaty spoke of in Daniel chapter 9. The peace treaty with Israel. Once again, folks, doesn't make a difference what's happening in the world. What's happening in Israel is the time clock of God. Netanyahu, Prime Minister Netanyahu, and all of Israel, listen to me, they only want peace. They want to live in safety. And listen to this. The Lord is speaking to me, and I'm sharing you what the Lord spoke to me. They are willing to compromise in order to obtain this peace. Because for Israel, it's not about prophecy, it's not about Scripture, and it's not about the Torah. It is about survival, even if it's temporal. The radicalized Islamic movement will be shut down for the sake of a larger agenda. I don't have time to get into everything, but if you watch the news lately, you have seen the Ten Nation Confederation of the Islamic States have just been in the news. How many saw them? They're talking about joining forces. They're talking about coming together for what purpose? To destroy the Islamic radical movement. The Muslims are looking to link together to destroy the radical Islamic movement. Do you know why? Because they know it destroys them too. It will be shut down for the sake of of a larger agenda, but hear me and hear me clearly. Even the 10-nation confederation, it's really interesting. I was working on this series, and God took me and and threw me right back into Daniel. And he said, remember the beast that comes out of the sea with seven heads? And God reminded me, how many continents are there in in the world? I've always looked at nations. I've looked at these different. God said, how many continents are there in the world? You know how many continents there are? Seven. But these seven beasts, or this animal with seven heads, is going to have ten crowns upon the heads. I still believe it's the European Union, but I think that happens after the tribulation. Prior to, it could very well be this ten Islamic nation confederation. I'm not saying thus saith the Lord on that. I'm just telling you what it is. But the word of the Lord spoke to me, And said, it will be shut down for the sake of the larger agenda. What is that larger agenda? They want to establish a false peace so they can potentially annihilate Israel. That is what the Lord spoke to me. Let me take you into the scripture to validate that. Because as I shared with you last week, I don't care what spirit speaking If it doesn't line up with God's word, it isn't God. Okay. That's why in this church, every church you go to, if a preacher is preaching and it doesn't line up, I don't care if it feels good, I don't care if you like it, if it doesn't line up with God's word, it is not God. Okay? You have to compare everything and weigh everything on God's word. Isaiah 28, speaking of Israel, speaking of them wanting peace no matter what the cost, says these words, you boast, God's speaking to Israel. We have struck, God's saying, you are boasting that we have struck a bargain to cheat death And have made a deal to dodge the grave. And then listen to what the word of the Lord says. The coming destruction can never touch us. But we have built a strong refuge made of lies and deception. God is speaking and saying, you're boasting in this Israel. Let me take you into the original language that is actually translated very well in the the King James Version. That says, we have made a covenant with death and in agreement with hell. In the day and hour we live, I say this little precursor here, church, all of our end time stuff is a little bit longer than our normal church. We try to get out about 11.30, 11, 11.30, 11.35, around that time frame. The end time stuff goes a little bit longer. So I promise to get you out by two. Okay, maybe not that long. In the day that we live, Satan is doing his very best to suppress the truth with deception and distraction. Why? Because Satan knows his days are numbered, and he also knows that the Holy Spirit is drawing people like never before. Now, even the most jaded of people are sensing and asking, what in the world is going on? Every corner of humanity is being touched by the events that are going on in the world. But I want you to look at what God is doing. Recently, just in the last couple years, we've had some tremendous biblical expositions that have come out. How many watched the Bible series? Now, I'm not going to get into an argument whether it was all completely accurate. Immaterial, the meat of it was accurate. After the Bible series, they took uh, snippets out of it and segments out of it, and they put into the major movie theaters the Son of God. You see, what they did is what the devil did not want, but happened anyway. Is they put God center stage. They didn't put just God; they put Jesus center stage. Heaven is for real. I loved the book. I was disappointed in the movie. I wasn't even sure that the pastor was saved. But, you know, just my, just, that's just me, folks. I, I love the book. I, I wasn't real thrilled that the movie didn't do a better job in pointing to Jesus. The only semblance was when the little boy was talking about that's what he looks like when the little girl over in Lithuania that does the, paint, the painting and artistry actually had time with Jesus and painted a picture that they say, this is what Jesus really looks like. And the little boy that went to heaven said the same thing. He told his dad, that's him. But they still didn't mention Jesus. The movie God's Not Dead, I cannot say enough about. That is one of the most incredible yeah. movies. We're going to do, are we going to do that? We're going to do the, we're going to do a, uh, a movie night here at the church. It's going to be a youth fundraiser. They're going to make hot dogs and hamburgers and well, I don't know what they're going to make. They'll make food. We're going to come in and we're going to probably thrash the church. But of course they know they have to clean it up. So, oh, no, no 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 no. we have a big cleanup party. Okay, and so we're gonna have it here and, and you're gonna be able to come and uh you won't have to go home and cook meals, you won't have to you can bring the kids, it's gonna be a great time. But that is one of the gre- best movies that has just come out uh recently, and I I am hoping October third that they didn't just totally uh I've got to be careful I say the wrong words sometimes. <laughs> they don't totally uh Distort Uh, uh, Tim LaHaye and his series, where they do the Left Behind series. All the reviews and the stuff that I've read, it says it's going to be amazing. But we'll see. What is God doing? He's trying to get people's attention to say, you know what in the world's going on? I am. My son is coming back, is what Jesus, is what God is saying. He's saying, ready or not, here I come. And he's trying to prepare. He's trying to open the eyes. There are some people who say, Pastor, isn't it really good? It is good that these kind of movies are coming out, especially the ones that point directly to Jesus. But the sad reality is most of them will leave. We're having a form of godliness, but they deny the power that is in Jesus Christ. Because the Bible says there is no other name given among men whereby we must be saved. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through Jesus. People say, well, you Christians are all narrow-minded. We can afford to be. We're right. Yeah. Folks, it's not a Christian statement. It is Jesus' words. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. It wasn't the church that made the statement. All we're doing resonating the words that he spoke. Satan is doing all he can do to keep people entertained even if it means they have to be exposed to a portion of the gospel without the fullness of the gospel, which is the fact that Jesus Christ come to save all of mankind, all that would call upon the name of the Lord, the book says in Romans 10, says they will be saved. I left some scripture in there for you to go look up yourselves later. He does this so that the world, even carnal Christians, can feel better because they say, oh, yeah, I believe that. They go away feeling good, yet they don't connect to the truth that can set them free. Can you say amen? I got it turned off now, guys. You read the news today. It is full of Bible prophecy. And in these next two or three weeks, I'm going to take you right into Scripture, and you're going to sit back and say, oh, Lord, It is happening. I'm not doing this to try to scare anybody. I want to take you to the end of your notes, if I could, really, really quick. Turn to the back page of your notes. I take my job very serious. And I want to read to you Ezekiel 33. It says, Son of man, give your people this message. When I bring an army against a country the people of that land choose one of their own to be a watchman. I'm the watchman in this church. I'm the oversight under Christ in this church. Look what it says. When the watchman sees the enemy coming when he sounds he has, then he sounds the alarm to warn the people. When I as your pastor, in God's word, I look at the things that are happening in the world. I have a mandate from God to sound the alarm. But I also have a forbidding or a foreboding responsibility. Listen what it says: if those who hear the alarm refuse it and they die, it's their own fault. They heard it, but they ignored it. This is what's happening in the world which is why I preached last Sunday's message. I don't usually stand up and name names, but I brought out different things about the things that are happening in the world to seduce the church from the only hope that we have, and that's in Jesus Christ, who said, it's my way or the highway, basically what Jesus says. And so I shared those things, and I had people say, Pastor, what about these people? What about those people? Folks, let me tell you something this morning. I'm not saying that everything that Rick Warren ever did was bad. He did some tremendous things, but today the message is changing a little. I'm not saying everything that Joel Osteen or John MacArthur or Jim DeYoung or some of the other names that I named, you stand up and think you're the only one. God forbid I'm not the only one. I don't pretend to be the only one. But I'm a watchman that when I see what the word of God says begin to happen, I'm supposed to warn the people. And what is happening today is just what it says in 2 Timothy chapter 4. They are heaping to themselves teachers having itching ears. They will have a form of godliness, but they will deny the power. And when somebody stands up and says it's just my call to encourage you and not to convict you, folks, that's not God's word. God's word is a whole gospel gospel. I got four amens out of the whole church. I have a foreboding responsibility. If they heard it, they ignored it, it's their responsibility. But if they had been listening, their lives would have been saved. But listen to this. Underline this, please. If the watchman sees the enemy coming and doesn't warn them, He is responsible. I love you. But I would rather offend you into heaven than pacify you into hell. That's why I preach these sermons. I want you to know what in the world is going on. Is everybody okay? Last year, we talked about the blood moons. People have been asking me, Pastor, what has happened since the blood moons? Too many things to talk about, but I will talk about the stuff that has been headlines since the blood moons. Genesis chapter 1, the Bible says, Let there be lights in the vault of the sky to separate the night and the day. Let them serve as signs or signals or markers of sacred times. Joel 2.31, if you were not here and you did not hear about the blood moons or you've not seen about them, you can go onto our website. I did a whole day sermon on what they mean, what is talking about, and I'm going to try to recap some of that today. Joel chapter 2, the sun will be turned to darkness and the moon turned to blood. Listen to this, before the great coming and the great and dreadful day of the Lord, which always means the tribulation. Are you with me this morning? I've got a lot of scripture that I left. Did I leave the the section that says various scripture reading? Okay, there's a lot of scripture you can go in and read about the day of the Lord. Church, look at me. I don't want you to take my word on any of this stuff. That's why I give it all to you. You can go to our website. You can download your notes. You can download the message. Everything's free. I want you to go study it yourself. I want you to share it with friends. I want you to tell it with family. Even people that don't like you say, I like you enough to tell you this. So, take them to it. Look at these scriptures. Go research yourself. Let me take you back into something I brought out last year. There's a book called the Talmud. And what the Talmud is is a very sacred Jewish book about tradition and the interpretation of the law. It would be like our Supreme Court. Their job is not to make the law, is to interpret the law. The Talmud is a book that the high priests, they go to to make sure they understand what the word of the Lord is saying in different areas. So the Talmud makes these statements and I bring it back from last year. When the moon is in eclipse, it's a bad omen for Israel. What's it talking about? When it falls on one of the high holy days, it is a bad omen for Israel. Listen to this. If it's not only an eclipse, but if it's a blood moon or a red moon that just happened on April 15th, it's a sign of God's judgment, listen, against Israel's enemies. It's not just a bad thing for Israel, but God says, watch out those that are coming against them. It is time to pay the piper. When there's a solar eclipse, it means God's judgment is coming to the nations of the world. When that, and I'm talking about on high holy days, when they fall in the, in the high holy days of Israel, they've got several of them throughout the year. If the solar eclipse falls in the midst of the tetrad, which is four blood moons, four lunar eclipses that are totally eclipsed out, which turns the moon a red color, doesn't actually turn into blood. Turns it a red color. When the solar eclipse falls in the midst of that tetrid, which is exactly what's happening right now, we'll have two blood moons. In March of next year, we'll have a full solar eclipse. Then we'll have two more blood moons. Listen to this. When there's a solar eclipse in the midst of the tetrid, it means something devastating is about to happen on Earth. Amen. Folks, I'm not sure, but that something devastating might be a something called the rapture. I don't know. And I'm not naming a day, I'm not telling you an hour, but I am doing exactly what the word of God says. I'm making you aware of the times and the seasons. So in light of the last, of the first blood moon, April 15th, just a few months ago, if the Talmud is correct, there's devastating things that's been happening to Israel and devastating things been happening to Israel's enemies. Understand this thing, God has a plan. What's the very first thing? April 29th of last year, they were supposed to sign a peace greedy, a peace agreement. Israel and the Palestinian Authority. I think I changed it to the Palestinian Authority in your notes. I did have just the PA. Uh, some people didn't know that. My wife said you need to spell it out. So it's the Palestinian Authority and Israel or Palestine and Israel. The peace treaty was canceled nine days after, or excuse me, 14 days after the first blood moon. Yet it seems that it was canceled due to the understanding, listen to this, that the Palestinian Authority and Hamas all of a sudden decided to become a team. Look at the clip on the screen. Hamas calls Hezbollah. Now it's not only the PA and Hamas, but Hezbollah, which means the state of God, is what Hezbollah means. Hez means the people. Allah means of God. So the state of God. Hamas, I'm going to give you some understanding into that amazing name, and I'm going to take you all the way back to the days of Noah. And uh, the date of this was uh, Wednesday, July 30th. Hamas calls Hezbollah right after Palestinian Authority called Hamas to join together. Because of that, the Pal- Prime Minister Netanyahu, in your notes, will have nothing to do with a peace agreement and has ramped up the defense and the offense and said if Palestine chooses Hamas, then Palestine will not have Israel. They joined the ranks together. Why? Hamas, in your notes, has no desire but a jihad. Now, what I want to do is you hear all these words. Most people don't even understand what they mean. So let me define some things. All that jihad means is the war against unbelievers or a struggle against unbelievers. Listen to this. To institute a worldwide caliphate. Now, all a caliphate is, all it means is that the Islamic state will be the rule of the world. That's what caliphate means. Okay, how many thought they'd come to church and hear about all this stuff, okay? But the caliphate will not come to fruition completely until there is a caliph. Right now, the caliph is the ayatollah. It is the head spiritual leaders of that world. Now, the ayatollah is in Iran but it is the head spiritual leaders. They're all coming together, and they are the ones that are currently the caliphs that are propagating the understanding Israel has to be destroyed. Why? Because the ultimate caliph is a person they call the Ahmadi. The Ahmadi is buried in a, not buried, he lives in a well. They have a train track built out to it. They've got a monument built to it. And apparently, the Atolas, the Atolas, and all the different spiritual people, they talk to him down in the well. So that's what they're doing. He is the ultimate caliph. He is what they are planning to rule the world. The word caliph means successor, successor to whom to Muhammad. So this person that is supposed to be there, he's 900 and something years old, and he's supposed to be there, will be the successor. But the only way that he can come out of the well is the world has to come into utter chaos. What in the world is going on? Just a little side note, it's interesting that the peace treaty was canceled and they have determined to begin again. October, right after the second blood moon. Second Thessalonians. Uh, do you think that's coincidence? Think it is coincidental? Second Thessalonians says, brothers and sisters, about the days and times we don't have need to write you, you know that the day of the Lord is going to come like a thief in the night. Look what it says here. While the people are saying peace and safety, destruction is going to come immediately. Just like when a woman gives birth to that child, the labor pains get greater and greater and more, more intense and, and greater, uh, closer, and all of a sudden the child's here. It's going to be the same way. The chaos that's happening, the stuff that's happening is getting worse and worse. Sudden destruction will come. April 23rd, eight days after the blood moon, the rival factions of Hamas and Fatah agreed to a unity government. Eight days after the blood moon. God said it's going to be bad for Israel. But he said, Israel, don't worry too much because I'm going to take care of the enemies too. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu accused Palestinian President Mahmoud Abbas to sabotaging the peace efforts by seeking reproachment with Hamas. Look at the clip on the wall. Abbas rival Hamas are coming together, giving reconciliation another try. April 23rd, eight days after the first blood moon. What has happened since the blood moon? July 8th, Israel launched a mazer assault on Gaza. We're going to spend a lot of time talking about Gaza today, bombing hundreds of target, targets in a bid to halt the escalating cross-border attacks of the Palestinian militants. Hours after Israel launched what was called Operation Protective Edge, Israel's Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu instructed the army Take the gloves off. Let's just get this done. That's why Gaza has been in the clips. But listen, it's bad for Israel, but it's bad for God's enemies, Israel's enemies. Look what they're saying. Israel presses air assault as Hamas fires salvo of cross-border rockets. Go ahead, give me the next clip. Look what it says here. Whoops, that's not it. That's not it. Uh, Okay, that's fine. We'll, we'll stop there. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm getting to that later. Thank you. They are just putting, they're saying, guys, we're not taking this. You know who has made their headquarters in Gaza? Hamas. Remember the words, as it was in the days of Noah. If, you have, if you're not coming on Wednesday nights, we're allowing people to ask any questions. And some of the things that have been coming up is talking about the end times. And I'm taking you into the Word of God to share what these things are happening. There's now an open-ended ceasefire that began just a few days ago. Why? Because they're ramping up for the peace talks to begin again next month. Hamas. Hamas is a Hebrew word. We find the first usage of the word Hamas in Genesis chapter 6, where the Bible says, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. For the earth was filled with corruption, and there was violence covering the entire earth. The word Hamas means violent covering. The biggest terrorist group in the world right now is Hamas. We're going to mention other names, but they're the ones that have infiltrated everything. The Hebrew word for violence, God says, Hamas has covered the world, so I'm going to destroy the world. Are you with me today? When the, peace, the ceasefire started uh, just a few days ago, both sides claimed victory. Of course, Palestine had almost 2,200 deaths. Israel has 70. Doesn't sound too victorious. All the tunnels leading from Palestine, from the Palestinian, the Hamas-controlled areas into Israel have been destroyed. All the ones they found, 82% of the rockets of Hamas have been destroyed that they know of with only about 1,700 left. But something is happening. Something is happening. The world is being swayed to the Palestine. To Palestine, the world is being swayed to the opposition. Anti-Semitism. You don't read about it a lot. You'll read a snippet every once in a while. Is starting to flood the world. Let's look at these clips. That we're putting up here. The there is a big march that just happened in the United Kingdom, where several thousand sh- began chanting, "Hitler was right. The Jews need to go to the gas chambers." See this anti-Semitism all the right across Europe. The worst times since the Nazis saying Hitler was right. We need to gas all of the Jews. One of the people that is our one of our congressmen. That was recently invited to a pro Christian rally in, uh, I don't remember, I can't remember where it was, but he was invited. I'm just going to show you, it's a little 30 second clip. Look at the response that he got when he was promoting Israel and Christianity and the response that he gave as he walked out. Can you get that up there, please?
1: I will say this, I am sad. To see that some here not everyone, but some here most of us are so consumed with hate
0: that you cannot address your brother.
1: I will say this You speak for yourself if you will not stand with Israel and the Jews, then I will not stand with you.
0: Thank you and God bless you. This is a pro-Christian, pro-Israel rally. And you hear everybody in the background? Who are they standing for? Now you sit here and say, Pastor, are you going to be political as much as I can? I'm not against the Palestinians, but I am for Israel. But let me talk to you. Come on, give the Lord praise. That person... The person that was in that clip was Ted Cruz. I don't know if he's going to be a presidential nomination, but I am grateful that someone in Congress is standing for Israel right now. Did you hear him at the end? If you will not stand with Israel, I will not stand with you. Goodbye. The future, number two in your notes, quickly, is becoming the present. And people are asking, what in the world is going on? And the question I have to ask as we get into the book of Zephaniah, could we be seeing the beginning of the fulfillment of Scripture right before our eyes? Zephaniah chapter 2 says, Gaza, whose headquarters is in Gaza, will be abandoned. Ashkelon, left in ruins. Ashdod will be emptied. And Ekron will be uprooted. What God has just described is the old Palestinian, or excuse me, Philistine Empire. All the states, all the cities, all the the areas, the regions of the old Philistine Empire. If you listen to the news and you watch what is going on, the number one places that the Palestinian rockets are hitting, the Hamas, excuse me, rockets are hitting, is Ashkelon, Ashad, Ekron and uh, Gaza. Almost all of them are hitting in those areas. Why? We're going to answer that question in just a little while. According to the Gatestone Institute, this is not in your notes, so just listen to me. There's a growing evidence that the terrorist group Islamic State of Iraq, how many, and, and Syria, how many know what that is? It's called ISIS. It is not ISIL. That is our president's desire to change the curve, to turn it. It is ISIS. It literally means the the uh, Islamic State of Iraq and Syria, also simply known as the Islamic State. What also exploded since the first blood moon? ISIS. Oh, they've been in the background, but they came full-fledged on the scene shortly after the first blood. Blood moon. So what does the Bible say about the Gaza Strip and about Gaza? I'm gonna break you in some history here. Gaza is the region that used to belong to ancient Israel, the area called Judah. The enemies of Israel and Judah captured it, but it was captured by the Philistines. God gave it to Israel. They lost it to the Philistines. And these battles of the land. That God gave to Israel. Look at me for just a second. Palestine was never Palestine. It was for a period of time, but the land that they occupied at the time was always Israel. God outlined it, God structured it, and nobody, not even Israel, can do anything about it. Why? It is a covenant. That God made with Jacob's descendants, and God <coughs> will never break his covenant. Can somebody say amen? amen? Though contested today, the deed of trust is documented in God's word, the Bible, and Gaza used to belong to the tribe of Judah. Judah took Gaza. They took Ashkelon, they took Ashdod, they took Ekron, and they took another place called Gath. How many remember who was from Gath? A great big boy. Goliath. They conquered all of those because God said, run them out. This is your land. I have promised it to you. Now let me go on a little bit further. Are you with me? You can see these things in the book of Judges if you want to read about it later. Israel was one united nation under King Rehoboam. But then under Jeroboam, there was a split in Israel. Ten tribes began the nation of Israel, and two tribes began the nation of Judah. So under Jeroboam, or excuse me, Rehoboam, there was the entire 12 tribes, but then under Jeroboam, who came after that, the two tribes split off to form Judah, and the 10 tribes uh, split off to form Israel. Now the Bible talks about, this is one of the passages that the Mormons love to use, yes, I can talk about cults in church if that's okay. They love to use this. In John chapter 10, it talks about sheep that are not of this fold. How many have ever talked to a Mormon and they talk about that? Okay, sheep that are not of this fold. What we're talking about is we're talking about the two tribes of Israel that split off. God says in the last day during the tribulation, I'm bringing my whole family back together. And so God is bringing it and putting it all back together. That's the other fold. Nothing personal, Mr. Moroni. It didn't happen with Joseph Smith. So let's go on here. In Judges chapter 16, I'm giving you some pictures of this place called Gaza. The Bible says the Philistines took Samson and put out of his eyes in a place called Gaza. In 2 Kings chapter 18, Hezekiah of Judah smote the Philistines all the way unto Gaza. Gaza is now forefront. We have heard more about Gaza in the last little while than we've ever heard in our entire life. Why? Because today the ancient Philistines no longer exist. However, the term rendered Palestine literally translated out of the original Hebrew means the land of the Philistines and is translated such in Scripture. Here's what the Philistines were. An aggressive, warmongering people who occupied part of southwest Palestine or Philistinia between the Mediterranean Sea and the Jordan River. The name Philistine comes from the Hebrew word Philistia, the Greek word rendering the name Palestinia, where we get the modern-day Palestine. So if you ever want to know who the Palestinians are, they are the modern day Philistines. The Bible uses the Philistines as an end times idiom, meaning Palestine. In the Bible days, the Philistines were a thorn in Israel's flesh, used for the purpose of putting Israel back to God. What are the Palestinians doing today? They're a thorn. In Israel's flesh, God is using to run them back home. Can I get one amen? Amen. Not popular preaching, but it's God's truth. Until Jesus returns, the Palestine will fulfill the latter-day role of the Philistines. Joel chapter 3. This is why Palestine is pertinent to end times prophecy. I'm going to give you another part of Palestine, which is Tyre and Sidon, cities of of the Philistines. God wrote to them and said, What do you have against me, Tyre and Sidon, you cities of Philistia? Are you trying to take revenge on me? If you are, watch out. I will strike swiftly. And listen to these words. It's not in your notes, but listen to this. Joel chapter 3, verse 4. And I will pay you back for everything you have done. This is a reference to Gentile powers united against the God of Israel. All the coasts of Philistines And the Palestinians seek recompense, trying to take revenge upon God. Why? All those scripture does not give specifically what their beef is. We speculate that it's retaliation for all the Jews have done. But folks, it is God's land given as a covenant to God's people. And God says, I will repay. Let's jump back to Zephaniah. How many are learning something today? Zephaniah, three chapters, 53 verses, yet the entire book of Zephaniah is about one thing and one thing only, the last days. It's about the end times. Uh, I reread the whole, chat, the whole book last night. Once again, it's very easy. You can sit down and read it in 10 minutes. Uh, three chapters, 53 verses. It gives the clearest picture of the restoration of Israel and Judah during the millennial reign of Jesus. Jesus. During the tribulation, the millennial reign of Jesus. Many of Zephaniah's prophecies have past and future implications. Though a very minor fulfillment in the past, most scholars believe that they have the greatest pertinence in the future tribulation that is about to come. Zephaniah chapter 1, verse 14. The terrible day of the Lord is near. That word terrible day of the Lord is the same that means the wrath of God. It's the same that talks about the time that is that is coming that has never come before. It is talking about the tribulation period. The terrible day of the Lord is near. Swiftly it comes, a day of bitter tears, when even strong men will cry out. It will be a day when the Lord's anger will be poured out, a day of terrible distress and anguish, a day of ruin and desolation, a day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and blackness, a day of the trumpet calls. And battle cries. Down will go the walled cities and the strongest battlements. Let me jump into the second chapter, verses 1 through 3. Look what it says here. He's talking to the people of Israel. He's talking to Judah. He's talking to Israel. Gather yourselves together Yes, gather yourself together, O oh undesirable nation. He is talking about the nation that the entire world is coming against and the whole world is set against. And look at this, underline it in your next line. Before the decree is issued, talking about the peace treaty of, of Daniel chapter 9, before the decree, before the peace treaty is issued, you better bring yourselves together or the day will pass like the chaff before the Lord's first, fierce, fierce anger will come upon you. Seek the Lord, it goes on to say, all you meek of the earth who have upheld his justice, seek righteousness, humility, and it may be that you will be hidden In the day of the Lord's anger. That word hidden goes back into the same understanding of being raptured before the final day of the Lord. Are you with me? Let's look at chapter 2 verse 4. What's he say? Gaza. Ashkelon. Ashdod. Ekron. They're all going to be dismantled. God has said... Gaza, one of the largest northern cities of the Gaza Strip, will be forsaken. We have watched in the last days, months, and hour, Gaza become forefront in the entire world. Since the blood moon arrived, all of these chaotic things have been happening Israel has tried to get innocent Palestinians to leave the cities before, listen, Hamas and the other terrorist organization who were using houses, hospitals, schools to hide their rockets and bombs and tunnels. God said, I'm still going to take care of the innocents. I'm still going to take care of Israel. Look what's happening in the newspapers in the Middle East. Look at this. Their God changes the path of our rockets in midair, says one of the terrorists. How many think God still might be in charge? Yeah. Look at this here. The hand of God prevents rockets from striking his targets. Israel's Iron Dome operator says a sudden gust of wind blew the missile into the sea because the defense system failed. How we know that Jesus Christ is Israel's defense? <laughs> a sudden gust of wind. I wonder who went. (laughs) The Bible, look at me. Pastor, why are you telling us this? Because the Bible sets Gaza right before the coming tribulation. Ladies and gentlemen, look up, lift up your heads because our redemption is drawing nigh. God brings Gaza right to the forefront. Read the book of Zephaniah, and it says right before. Hmm. Pastor, I'm glad I came today. Years ago, the Jews in Gaza, how many remember, were forcibly removed from their homes. Even, so disgusting was it, even the graveyards of the the Jews were dug up And had to be relocated. But listen. The uprooting. Huh. Is that word uprooting as in Zephaniah, isn't it? The uprooting of the Jews from Gaza is more significant prophetically than most realize. You see, God uses Zephaniah to warn Gaza that it would be forsaken. The land that was given to the tribe of Judah. What was one of Jesus' names? The lion of the tribe of Judah. Ladies and gentlemen, I think the lion is about to roar. Can somebody say amen? Listen, before we put the next clip up. The Bible says Gaza Will be abandoned. The places of the Philistines. God said, I will repay. Look at last week's news Gaza will not be livable by 2020. How many think God's word is true? God said, I will repay. You say, Pastor, that's a horrible thing to wipe out an entire. He just wiped out everybody that won't repent. Everybody won't get saved. Are we okay in the house? August 27th, what's that two weeks ago? Or a week ago? Sorry? Or 2012, I'm sorry. Yeah, a couple years ago. Will not be livable. Look at this. Because of all these things, Gaza will likely be desolate in a few years. Does it sound like Scripture is being fulfilled, folks? The same fate, according to Scripture, awaits the cities that are being bombed right now more than any place. Gaza, Ashkelon, or not Gaza, Ashkelon, Ashad, Ekron become desolate, driven out, uprooted. So what may be the next things that we're looking for? As I wrap this up this morning, I don't know the day or the hour, folks. That's not my job. The Bible says the angels don't know. Jesus himself doesn't know. Only our Father which is in heaven. But next week, we're going to start looking at Syria Damascus, Israel, Russia, Iran, Turkey, Ukraine. The nations that will be parts of the War of Armageddon. We are as close to the end, I believe, as we have ever been. I don't know how the events will all play out but here's the best case scenario that I can give you. There will be a temporary suspension of the hostil- hostilities that will cause the Muslim nations to rethink the best way to accomplish their objective, which is to annihilate Israel. Don't get too excited because America's second on their list. They're Satan, and we're the great Satan. The worst case scenario is that this conflict will spread into a war with Israel's neighbors and what we'll talk about next week the Psalm 83 escalation will bring Syria and Egypt into the current activity and you can read this I left it in your notes Isaiah 17:19. or the worst of it all it will begin the Russian Islamic invasion that Ezekiel 38 and 9 talks about. We'll get into that next week. As we begin our session today, we're going to look once again at what was based in the Jewish Talmud. Not the Bible, but the Jewish Talmud, that the Tetrad of blood moons were an omen before Israel. No one can deny the first blood moon was April 15th. The next blood moon will be October 8th. April 15th was the feast of Passover. October 8th is the feast of tabernacles. If we look into the scripture, the Bible says that God passed over Israel, that the death angel would have no power, that they ultimately could tabernacle with him. Ladies and gentlemen, in the end times, the rapture is going to happen which means that we will be passed over of all garbage that's going to happen in this earth, all the travail, all the turmoil, all the hell that is going to come to this earth. I believe that the signs that are happening in the heavens are screaming loud and clear. According to NASA, which is where all this blood moon stuff comes from, the next tetrad of blood moons will not be for over six Hundred years. I don't think we have six hundred years, church. You say, "Well, Pastor, does it have to happen in that sequence?" No, but it sure looks like it is. Can somebody say, amen? "Amen"? According to the scripture I read to you at the beginning of church, my responsibility. I, I'm not here to create the best worship. I'm not here to create the best preaching. I'm not here to be the greatest guy in town. I'm here to preach the truth. And Jesus is here to let the truth set you free. And as the worship team comes, I have to ask you, will you let him? Because the Bible says no man knows the day or the hour. But in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, we will all be changed. This mortal will put on immortality. This corruptible will put on incorruption until that day happens. The Word of God tells us in Revelation chapter 3, and I'm not going to read the Ezekiel passage again, but let me take you into Revelation. God puts a foreboding responsibility upon me to preach the truth. As the watchman of the city to warn the people of the storm clouds that are coming. And I try my best with every fiber of my being to love you enough to not concern about offending you, but to share the truth in loving you, that this is what God's word is saying. But in Revelation 3, it says these words, remember therefore how you've received and heard Talking about those that came to Christ, those that accepted Christ as Lord and Savior and chose to live for them, or for Him, but now have turned away for whatever reason. Look what He says. He says, Hold fast and repent, because if you will not watch. People ask me all the time, Is everybody going to see Jesus at the rapture? Nope. Only those looking for Him. Only those looking for Him. You see, the Bible says if you were knowing the thief was going to come, you'd be watching for the thief. But how many ever knows the thief is coming? Amen. So you're never watching for him. Jesus, the Bible says, is not coming as a thief for those watching for him, only for those who are not. He said, if you will not watch, I will come as a thief, and you will not know what hour I have come. You will know afterwards millions will be gone. I don't know what this left-behind movie is going to do on April 3rd. I'm going. I'm going to go check it out. And hopefully it's going to be good. And I can, I can tell you what I think. Okay? Makes a lot of difference? Nope. But I'm going to tell you what the Word of God says. In light of the things we heard, seen, and understood, what do we do? Gaza has never been in the forefront of the world like it is today. All the things that you see happening is focused on this era, this area that God said, I'm going to destroy in the last days. Zephaniah, a little three-chapter book, has been talking about Gaza forever. Are we listening? Luke 21, when you see these things begin to happen, look up. Lift up your heads because your redemption is very clear and very near. Are you ready?
1: Pastor Tim Masters with this week's message on the Destined to Win podcast. Destined to Win is made possible with the prayerful and financial support of those destined to win. To donate online, visit VLCCAZ.org. That's VLCCAZ.org. Destined to Win is a production of Victorious Life Christian Center with services Sunday mornings at 10 at the Flagstaff Middle School Complex. I'm Joe Harding for Pastor Tim Masters and the congregation at Victorious Life Christian Centers. You're invited to join us here next week for another edition of the Destined to Win podcast.